Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 51. This entire week, I'm going to be taking us through the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at the breakdown of the book in general, and then we're going to zero in on chapters 5 and 6 because they form one unit in the book. And so, first of all, let's go to the book itself. The book of Ephesians was more than likely a cyclical letter that went from church to church in what is today Turkey, but during the days of the Apostle Paul, Asia Minor. And there were various Roman provinces within that area. And so the Apostle Paul wrote uh, letters, and this one in particular was a general letter written to most, but it's centered in on the church at Ephesus, and because of that, it bears its name. And so the book of Ephesians follows what is the common practice of the Apostle Paul in non-personal letters. And you can see this in the prison epistles, even in the book of Galatians. And then you have Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, all of those uh, epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote while he was incarcerated. And so we're going to look at that today and the breakdown of it. In the Apostle Paul's writings, what he does, as a rabbi would do, he begins to build the foundation upon which he is going to build uh, his conclusions. And so in most of his letters, he will begin with a foundational element, what we would call doctrinal truth. He begins with God and who he is and how we are rightly related to him. And he talks about the great mystery of how that we are in Christ Jesus. This is specifically true in the book of Ephesians, more so than all of his writings. And so that is why you read about phrases like in the heavenlies, in Christ, over and over again in the first two chapters of the book of Ephesians. And then the Apostle Paul does something before he gets to the therefore aspects of because we are this in Christ, because of what God has done for us, therefore live this way. And by the way, that is what always happens. When God does something in us, he does it on purpose and for a purpose. God doesn't redeem us. God doesn't save us. God doesn't rescue us in order to just sit around and talk about how we have been rescued. But he does that. So it will change our lives, our minds, our conduct, our speech, everything about it, and that we become a witness to others of the grace of God in our lives. And so that's why you have the therefore passages in the latter end of any of the Apostle Paul's writings, because the word of God and our relationship to him calls us to action. And so we see that over and over again. But sandwiched in the midst of the book of Galatians, between the doctrinal aspects and the duty aspects, in the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, there will always be a section where the Apostle Paul deals with what I call dispensational truth. Now, don't turn off your device just because I said dispensational. I'm not talking about C.I. Schofield, seven hard dispensations. I'm talking about how God deals with man and his relationship to man down through the ages. The word dispensation is really the Greek word oikonomio, and that oikonomio 
economy or oikonomos in its noun form is uh, made up of two Greek words, oikos, which is the word for house, and nomos, which is the word for law. You put the two together and it means not a house law, but the one who is the law of the house, the one who manages the house. Many times it is translated stewardship, management, something along those lines, because it's where we get our word economy, how something is managed. And we usually in the West just associate that management with money. It has to do with all of life. A stewardship as sometimes it's rendered, for instance, in the Paul's letters to the Corinthians. But I want to get back to this idea of how God manages things. And in the book of Ephesians, beginning with chapter 2 and verse 11, after he's given that great salvation passage that most of us have memorized, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, we usually just quote uh, 8 and 9, but actually it's not complete until you put 10 in there because after we're saved, God has predetermined, God has pre-programmed, God has laid out for us uh, a life of good works that are pleasing to him. And because we are redeemed, we have the ability to do that through the power of his spirit that we'll get to in this entire week. But when you come to verse 11 of chapter two, you have the therefore. Now, this is the first of a string of many therefores. And again, when you see a wherefore or a therefore in the scripture, stop and ask yourself the question, what is that wherefore or therefore Therefore, because it is usually drawing a conclusion. It's about to give you the result of something. It's about to tell you, so what? Answer the question, so what? And we really need to center in on therefore after we have preached the truth of God's word, because there always is a therefore. There's a follow up. God calls us to action. God's word calls us to action. So he says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, and he goes on to talk about how that we were strangers and aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You see, when you talk about Israel and the Jewish people, you talk about the heart of God because God in his great sovereignty and plan called out the Jewish people, the sons of Abraham, the fleshly seed, to deliver to us the word of God, the oracles of God, the great words of God in the Tanakh in what we call the Old Testament. We would not have a Bible were it not for Jews. You see, the Bible is a Jewish book. It is written by Jews to Jews, primarily for Jews. And that is why we have great difficulty in the West understanding it because it is a Middle Eastern or Near Eastern book. And it is written from that perspective. But God chose the Jewish people. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, you don't get a vote on that, sir. You don't get a vote on that, ma'am. Just like you don't in any other thing that God decrees or God lays out. Because you see, God does this because he knows best. You and I are filled with sin and we're warped in our mind, but God is absolutely perfect. And he doesn't make a mistake ever. No matter what any talking head on TV says, the Lord Jesus Christ is perfect in every way. He is impeccable in every way. And so this is why it is important that we read the therefores and specifically in relation to the Jewish Gentile message. And so when you look at Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, all the way through the end of chapter 3, God deals with the Apostle Paul and then he writes down for us the words of God 
that deal with dispensational truth. That is how God uses Israel in relationship to the people of God called the church in this era, in this epoch, in this dispensation and season of God's economy in which we're living. God lays all of that out through the Apostle Paul to tell us that we are grafted in, as the book of Romans says uh, in 9, 10, and 11. But here he uses the concept of how the middle wall of partition is broken down and that we are now citizens of heaven. That doesn't mean we replace Israel. Absolutely not. You see, Israel was before the church and, and Israel will be here when the church is raptured out and taken to heaven. You see, God's not finished with the Jews. God's not cast his people off. They are just where they need to be, and we're just as the people of God, the church, grafted in to the great spiritual covenant promises of Abraham. Then in chapter 4, we have another great therefore. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you have a walk worthy of the calling which you are called. And then he goes on and begins to talk about the unity of the body of Christ. When he comes to chapter 5, for the first 14 verses, he is calling the church to the holy calling of waking up and understanding that God has placed us right where he is and right where we are on purpose. God has placed you and God has placed me right where he wants us to be. When we look around and see all the chaos that is going on around us, God says, yes, you are in the heavenlies. Yes, you live in the heavenlies. Yes, you are raised up in the heavenlies with me. But for the time being, you're in Ephesus. For the time being, you're where you are and where I am today. And God expects us to be salt and light in this dark and decaying world. And so he calls us to be children of the day, children of light. And that's what Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 14 is about. He is saying, you need to wake up. You need to realize where you are. You need to understand that you're no longer a Gentile in the sense of a heathen, but now you have been brought into the family of God. And so you and I need to act like it because God is concerned, not just with our eternal salvation, that is a fire escape from hell, but he wants a relationship with us that changes our life every day in every way. Now, as we go throughout this week, I'm going to be centering in for the rest of the week on Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through the end of the chapter, and I'm going to lay out and diagram for you exactly what God says in Ephesians 5, 15 and forward about the spirit-filled life, the spirit-controlled life, and how it affects us personally, how it affects our relationship, our closest relationship uh, besides him with our spouse, the husband and wife relationship, and getting in our proper role, the proper spirit-filled relationship between children and parents and between employers and employees, the spirit-filled life in chapter 6 in relationship to spiritual warfare and the pecking order of heaven. And uh, that's both in the supernatural realm of the godly and those who are followers of God Almighty and those devious angelic beings that fell and became servants 
of Lucifer, Satan, Diabolos, the accuser, the slanderer. And so you get ready. We're going to be in Bible study. You go ahead and look at it in Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 15 and following because this week we're going to do some Bible study in the book of Ephesians as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.